Tonight we're going to study part five of A New Life. And uh, before we do anything else, um, let's pray together. So, Father, we come before your, your presence tonight and we open your word. Your word is life to us. Your word is our, is our source, our direction. Your word is the cornerstone of our thoughts, of our purposes, of our understanding. It is a source of wisdom. It is a source of inspiration. It corrects us. It adjusts us. It gives us light to our walk, to our path. And so tonight we honor your word and we ask that uh, you give us spiritual eyes to see it, spiritual ears to hear it, hearts that are prepared to receive it as a seed planted in our hearts that may bear fruit and be reproduced in us and through us, that you may be glorified, your name may be glorified, your, your cause and your kingdom may be glorified in our lives and throughout the entire earth. And so tonight we thank you for this word. We, uh, we, we listen with the intent to obey it, to become it, and to live it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, tonight is part five of A New Life, and we're calling it Release. And uh, just as we've done every time in this uh, series, let's, uh, let's read this, uh, this theme verse from Revelation chapter 21, verse 5. And he who sits on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. And he said, Write, for these words are faithful and true. And every week as we've talked into this, we've, we've looked at the fact that, that is the declaration of our Heavenly Father, the declaration of the King of Glory, the declaration of God Almighty sitting on His throne, speaking from the throne of authority, saying, Behold, take a look at this. Open your eyes. See what I'm doing. I'm making all things new. And we've, in, we've uh, in response to this declaration from, from the Holy Spirit, declaration from God, we're saying, Okay, well, do that in me. Make me new. And we've, and we just, we've uh, uh, taken several weeks and we've just looked at the process in which God makes our, our lives new. Makes us new people in Him and, and the way that he, uh, he causes us to be born again. He causes us to renew our minds. He gives us a whole uh, a new relationship to Him. Uh, a whole new identity of, of who we are and where we live in the heavenly places. Uh, and so that's what we've been looking at. Tonight is the last part of this series. And uh, I called it Release um, because that is also part of what God does for us when he gives us a new life. And um, this idea of release, uh, obviously I use the, an R word to, to tie in with the other titles of the series. But what we're talking tonight is about this dynamic that God works in our lives. When we allow Jesus to come in and the Holy Spirit to come into our lives, he creates freedom. He sets us free. He gives us liberty. And liberty is something that is very, very important to the kingdom of God. It's very, very important to the heart of the Father. It's what He wants us to live in as Christians, as followers of Him, as those who reflect His life. He wants us to be people of freedom, people of liberty, people who are not bound up, but people who, who walk in the power of liberty. And so uh, let's, uh, let's, just, let's just start in right here from the uh, first fill-in of your outline there. It says, God's... Spirit and Word gives us liberty. God's Spirit and His Word gives us liberty. Now, as Americans, liberty is an important concept to us. We, uh, 
a lot of times kind of arrogantly believe that we invented the idea. Uh, when, when our founding fathers established uh, the, uh, the Declaration of Independence in the uh, Constitution, you know, some 230-some years ago, we, we figured uh, we're, we're the first and only, you know, bastions of liberty on this planet. But you've got to understand that that which was in the heart of those who came from Europe and, and traveled to this new territory and conquered this new territory, they came, the first pilgrims came with a quest for freedom. It was, in, it was in their hearts. It was their motivation. And they had seen religious systems and governmental systems that had caused people to not be free. And they, and they, and they saw this opportunity. Here's a, a new, un, unconquered, unestablished uh, territory on the earth that has been discovered. Let's, let's bring uh, the power of God that's within us. These were Christian people who had an anointing of God on their lives. And we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna, we're gonna plant freedom in the, in the spirit of freedom. In that land. And so, obviously, this nation was based on the premise of liberty. Even, even the crisis of, of this nation when we, we entered in the Civil War. Some of, some of the most uh, eloquent declarations of the concept of liberty came from Abraham Lincoln. And, and he, um, that, that was just something that he was just gripped by. He says, uh, we, we need to be people of liberty. And, 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 if, and if we're going to be people who fall back into any kind of slavery or bondage, we've got we to gotta break the slavery that's in our land that we, that we uh, allow. And we can't allow anybody else to, to bring bondage. We've got to be free in our hearts. But Abraham Lincoln wasn't the first one to talk about liberty. And the pilgrims weren't the first ones to talk about liberty. Liberty was in the heart of the Father. And it was the declaration of his word and the declaration of his spirit for his people thousands of years before America was ever established. Let's, let's go back to the prophet Isaiah who lived hundreds of years before Jesus lived. And this is what he said under the anointing of God prophetically and, uh, and it's found in Isaiah 61, 1. And we're going to read it here together but, but let, me just, let me just remind you of something. That there was a moment in, in Jesus' ministry when he went to church, he went to the synagogue, and he, uh, he was recognized as, as an authoritative uh, teacher of the Word of God, and he, was, and he was honored when he came into this synagogue. And so they handed him the scroll to read the public reading of the Scriptures for the, for the congregation that day. And the scroll that they handed him was of the prophecies of this prophet Isaiah. And the Bible says he went and he looked and found this passage in the scroll of Isaiah. And when Jesus read this, he finished it, he went and sat down, and everybody's just kind of watching him like, wow, you just said this with, with an authority we'd never heard before. And then he made this statement, he says, today this is fulfilled in your ears. And it was, he was saying, I am, I am living this. I am embodying this. I, I am actually going to make this which has been promised for hundreds of years to God's people. I'm going to make it real. I'm going to make it alive. I'm going to make it live. And so this is, what, this is what Jesus read. And this is what Isaiah had written. The spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the afflicted. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and freedom to prisoners. 
Jesus' declaration, Isaiah's declaration, for hundreds, now thousands of years, the Spirit of the Lord has come with, with an anointing, with a power to set people free. Now, he's not just talking about people who are in a physical prison, you know, in the jail cell. He's talking about people that are bound up in their hearts, bound up to the bondages of sin, bound up to the, the bondages of depression, bound up to the bondages of, of attitudes that cause them to, to be anything less than what God had called them to be. And Jesus came and he says, I have come in the anointing that's upon me, the anointing from the Spirit of God. In fact, the word Christ, Jesus Christ, you know Christ is not his last name. <laughs> Christ is a title. And the word Christ means anointed one. It, it's, it's drawn from this very, this very understanding that the power of God was upon him. He was recognized. Authority, his authority came from the Spirit of God. And because he was the one who had the, the approved authority and the anointing of God, he was the Christ. And the name that we now live our lives under, we are Christians. And that word actually means little anointed ones. That's what the word means. We, 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 should, we should, whenever we hear the Spirit of God or the Word of God talk about anointing or the anointing of the Lord, we should, we should, we should pay attention because He's talking about us. Because this is who we are. And so if the Spirit of the Lord was upon Jesus, who anointed Him to bring liberty, to set the captives free, then folks, we need to live in that too. We need to be set free. And we need to know that that is part of our mission and our call and, and part of the anointing. On It's kind of like this was Jesus' business card. I've come to set the captives free. I've been anointed to set the captives free. And that very same spirit that was upon Jesus, that gave him the ability to, to do this, to set people free, it's the same Holy Spirit that is in you and I. And, the, and that's, it's part of the work of the Spirit of God. That's why I said it's God's spirit and his word that gives us liberty. Look what it says, even before Isaiah, uh, written in the Psalms, uh, King David wrote this. He says, I will walk at liberty, for I seek your precepts. I will walk at liberty because I seek your precepts. What is the precepts? The precepts are the commands, the ways, the declarations, the, the, the uh, speakings, the writings. It's it's when God declares, this is how I am, and so this is how I expect you to be, those are precepts. Those, those are standards of God. And, and David said, when I seek the standards of God, when I, when, I, when, I, when I walk the way of God, I walk in liberty. God's way, God's spirit, God's word actually causes us to live in a freedom. In fact, Jesus said this. It's a scripture, I'm sure, or a phrase that you have all heard. It goes like this. You shall know the truth, right? And the truth will what? Set you free or make you free. But do you know as easily as that comes off of your tongue because you've heard so many times, you shall know the truth and the truth will set you Do you know what Jesus said just before he said that? This is what he said. In John chapter 8, it's found in um, verse 31 and 32. Jesus was saying to those Jews who had believed in him, he said this, If you continue 
in my word, then you are truly disciples of mine. And you will know the truth. And the truth will make you free. It, there was a condition to it. It isn't something, you know, I, just have, I have a head knowledge, somebody tells me facts, and if I know the facts, all of a sudden I'm free. No, if you continue, if you abide, if you live, if you, if you seek, if you set your mind and your heart on the word of Jesus and the commands of Jesus, and you become a follower, a learner of Jesus, a disciple of Jesus, then you'll know the truth. Because Jesus was the truth. Isn't that what he said? He says, I am the truth. I am the way, the truth, and the life. See, the truth isn't a set of facts. The truth isn't, a, isn't just clean data. The truth is a person. The truth is the Spirit of God. And that's why it's the Spirit of God that sets us free. It's Jesus that sets us free. Because God is the author, the, the, the source of our liberty. And it's kind of like what we've been talking about for several weeks. God is the source of life. He, life comes from Him. And to the degree that we separate ourselves from Him, we fall short of His glory, that is when we go into death. Because to separate yourself from life is to be into death. That's what sin is. It is, it is a decision on our part to do something that is separate from the heart of the Father. Something separate than the precepts of the Father. Something separate from the word of the Father. When we choose to do something that is opposite than what He's declared, or what, he's, what His Spirit has called us to be, that's when we sin. That's when we fall down. That's when we, we fall short. And we actually fall into, into death. But His Spirit has come to restore us back to the Father, to have unity with the Father, to be one in the Father. And so that we would not be under death, under sin, but that we'd be in life and forgiveness and in freedom. Because sin and rebellion and uh, disobedience, it, it just puts, it puts our hearts in prison. It puts our mind in prison. And it, and it causes us to live all bound up emotionally, psychologically, physically, relationally. And Jesus, I'm telling you tonight, Jesus wants you to be a person who isn't like this. But in your heart, you live like this. You're free. You're free to be who Jesus made you to be. You're not trying to pretend. You're not trying to fake it. You're not trying to manipulate. You're not trying to con anyone else. You're not trying to, to uh, prove any, you know, you know, you live up to somebody else's standard. You're living under God's presence, His standard. And, that, and that's a wonderfully freeing thing. Amen? Yeah. So that's what we're going to look at. So here's, here's your next fill-in. Being in Christ is being in freedom. Being in Christ is being in freedom. You're not free because you're an American. <laughs> I know we like to think that. I'm American. I'm free. I can do whatever I want. There's a lot of Americans in all kinds of bondages. All kinds of bondages. Emotionally, psychologically, relationally, right? How many of you agree with that? Only when we come to Jesus do we really become free. Because he is the, he is the truth. And knowing the truth makes us free. Look what it says here in 2 Corinthians 3.17. Now the Lord, the Lord Jesus, is the Spirit. The Holy Spirit. They're, they're, the, they're one in the same. They're one in, with each other. Jesus' anointing was the Spirit of God that was on Him. The Lord is the Spirit. When we invite the Holy Spirit into our lives, we invite the Spirit of Jesus into our lives. 
It's, 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 you know, we got to understand that the Bible teaches the Lord is the Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the Lord of our hearts, the Lord of our lives. He's the master. He is the king. We should, we should live according to what the Spirit says to us, what the Holy Spirit leads us in, what His Word has revealed to us, and what His Spirit speaks to our hearts and our minds. The Lord is the Spirit. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, what does it say? There is what? There's freedom. There's liberty. Whenever Jesus shows up in your life, whenever you come to the presence of the Lord, when we just worship tonight, when you come to His Word, when you pray, when you turn your mind and your heart to the Lord, one of the first and most powerful things that He wants to do it's almost as if he'd be asking you, if you'd be listening to him, he says, how can I set you free? What can I set you free from? What are you caught up in? What trap have you fallen into? What little prison have you just locked yourself into? What, what, little, what little snare has grabbed a hold of you? Come on, let me, let me break that chain. Let me loose that bond. Let me open that door. Let me set you free. Whatever the Spirit of the Lord is, when wherever we come to the Spirit of the Lord, it's there for you. There is liberty for you. Isn't that beautiful? Galatians 5.1 says this, powerful statement. This is what I sent to you on your email this week. It was for freedom that Christ set us free. Therefore, keep standing firm and do not be subject again to a yoke of slavery. Jesus set us free for freedom's sake. It was, it was when he went to the cross and when he died on the cross, he died to set you free from sin. He died to set you free from death. He died to set you free from all the things that would separate yourself from him. It is for freedom that Jesus set us free. And so it'd be awfully silly. It'd be foolish. It would be ridiculous. It would be unappreciative for us to willingly choose to go back to things that would cause us to be enslaved again. To yoke ourselves, to to link ourselves up to those things that would separate us from God. He says, listen, Jesus has set you free. You keep coming to Jesus, he'll keep setting you free. Don't make choices in your life that put you right back into slavery again. Be free because that's what the Spirit of God wants to do for you. Okay? That makes sense? Let's keep talking about it, okay? Let's fill in the next one. With freedom comes responsibility. Now, this may be the part you don't like. We've talked about this. Part of the fruit of the Holy Spirit in our lives, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, we love all that. Goodness, faithfulness. That's good stuff, right? Patience. Goodness, yeah. Faithfulness, I'll take the love and the kindness, Lord. But what's that ninth expression of the Spirit of God in our lives? Self-control. And part of the influence of God on our lives is that He sets you free from other things that bind you so that you can be free and stay free. But with the freedom that He gives you, it's not like, well, Jesus made me free. I can just go do whatever I want, wherever I want, and just live like hell because, hey, I'm free. After all, I'm an American, right? He says, no, listen, I set you free. But, but you carry my anointing. I, I'm not gonna, I'm not, I don't want to put you under law and rules and regulations 
to restrict you and to hold you back. I want you to restrict yourself. I want you to govern yourself. I want you to bring yourself, yourself under control. And you begin to make decisions for the sake of the kingdom, for the sake of my gospel, for the sake of what I'm doing, so that you, would, that you will remain free and that you can begin to help others become free. Let's go to the scriptures right here. 1 Corinthians 6.12. Now, we're going to read three scriptures. And all three of them, these are different statements that the Apostle Paul wrote when he was writing to the Corinthians. Okay? They, they will sound very similar because he was repeating a theme throughout this, this book. He said it three different ways and three different, three different times. But this is what he said. All things are lawful for me, but not all things are profitable. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be mastered by anything. What is he saying there? He's saying that because of the freedom that Jesus gave him in the Holy Spirit, he didn't have to... He did not have to live his life under a bunch of religious rules and regulations. He didn't have to live his life based on the rules and the regulations and the traditions of the Old Testament. And he didn't have to live his life based on the rules and the regulations of uh, the religious people of uh, the culture that he was in. He didn't have to live up according to the rules and regulations of the false religions of the Greeks. And he didn't have to, he, he was, he, because Jesus was in him, He's saying, all things are lawful to me. I, I, live, I live under a law that is a law of freedom. But even though I have the freedom to, to live my life just about any way I want to, not everything that I do is good for me. And not everything that I do, even though I'm, I'm permitted to do it, I have the freedom to do it, it doesn't necessarily build me up or build up the kingdom or build up the, the church of Jesus. Everything's lawful. It's not like... It's not like Jesus has me under his thumb. In fact, his spirit sets me free. But in that freedom now, I can make decisions for the sake of what's right and what's good. Look, look what it says in 1 Corinthians 8, 9. Take care that this liberty of yours does not somehow become a stumbling block to the weak. And let's read the last one. 1 Corinthians 10, 23. All things are lawful, but not all things are profitable. All things are lawful, but not all things edify. There's a things, there are things that you are in the freedom of Jesus that you are free to do. You're free to drink, al- drink alcohol. You're free. You drink alcohol, God wouldn't send you to hell for it. You shocked that a pastor would tell you that? You're free to do it. But do you realize that it has a power to it that for some, even though they're free to drink it, it actually becomes their master and they become a slave to it. And we're in a community here where we have people who come to the body of Christ to get freed from the abuses of dependency on alcohol, drugs, addictions. And they come to Jesus to get set free. Well, how difficult would it be that the very body that they come to to get set free from those things, the members of the bodies who have those liberty are partaking in all those things and flaunting it in their face, the very thing that they're trying to get set free to, coming to Jesus, get set free from. The Christians who have the freedom and aren't matched by that, they're just partaking in them and, and partying down and just you know, flaunting in their face. There becomes, there becomes what, what Paul describes as a stumbling block. And even though you may be free, and it's not an issue with you, 
for that person who's coming to Jesus to get set free, for you to partake in some of those things, actually causes them to fall right back into the, into the traps that they're looking to Jesus to set them free. So Paul would say, I've got the freedom to live, to live my life because Jesus has set me free. But I choose not to do certain things. I choose not to do certain things for the sake of the fact that I'm in, I'm in a body, I'm in a community, I'm in a church. And I don't want to, my freedom to actually cause other people to fall into things that would cause them to stumble and fall. That's the heart. That's the attitude of actually being free enough not to do stuff even though you have, the, you have permission to do it. Now, that's, that is a heart and a mind of the body of Christ. Everything is, everything is free, but not everything profits you. Not everything is good for you. Everything, you're free, but not everything builds the body of Christ. You're free to live your life anyway, but you've got to be careful because certain things that you start giving yourself permission to partake in, if you, look, if you don't look out, you'll become, a master, you'll become mastered by it again. And you won't be being led by the Spirit any longer. You'll be led by the spirits of, the, of those things. Does this make sense, what I'm saying to you? And so, you know, we get understanding Christianity is not that we come and we, we start laying down the law. You shall not, you shall not, you shall not, you shall not. Or you just, you know, no, 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 no. You know, and, and for years, the, the Church of Jesus Christ has been looking like, you know, holiness is a, a wagging finger and this restrictive lifestyle. Holiness is being in the perfection, the completion of the Spirit of God. And so free that you don't have to have that crud. You don't have to partake in that stuff. And you can live in a lifestyle that doesn't need that stuff to make yourself feel better, make yourself feel you know, released from uh, guilt or pressure or anxiety or whatever it is that the world runs to. They run to stuff that actually enslaves them to try to make themselves feel better. But if you come to the Spirit of God, there is, there is no better condition to be in than completely in the liberty of the Spirit of God. Does that make sense? Let, let's, 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 let's keep going here, okay? So let's turn over your outline. Let's look at the back here. We are free, yet choose to be bond slaves. We are free, yet choose to be bond slaves. B-O-N-D-S-L-A-V-E-S. Bond slaves. How many of you have heard that term before, bond slave? How many have not heard that term before, bond slave? Okay, good. That's good. Let's talk about it. Here's the concept of a bond slave. There was a time in the culture, and you'll find this in the Old Testament, where people were actually sold into slavery because they had, because of all kinds of reasons. Maybe their country was taken over by another country, and uh, you know, part of the part of that whole deal was the the conquered nation. Those people became slaves to the people who conquered them. Sometimes it was a, a completely a financial situation where someone had borrowed money, and for generations they borrowed money and 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 uh, hit some sort of financial ruin, and there was no way to ever pay it back. And so that the way that they, the only way they could pay off their debt was they had to work it off. And they actually became a slave to that person. They, they, they weren't free to just go, you know, uh, you know live off the uh, credit card you know, debt and just you know, kind of string it out in payments. They actually had to sell their life and maybe their entire family and, and serve this person who they owed, owed their life to because of, because of a financial situation. In those situations, there was slavery. Now, slavery has been a part of hum- humans' interaction for generations and generations. I mean, you'll, you'll, you'll go back and you'll read the Old Testament and you'll see slaves are part of the whole culture 
And, you know, you know, again, being Americans, oh, how horrible that is. That, that was part of the economy. Now, we've got our own little way of slavery. You know, we call them jobs these days, but, you know, we're Americans, so we don't, we don't, we don't think of that. But even in the New Testament, there's, there's biblical teaching about if you come to Jesus, and when you come to Jesus, you're a slave, don't make a big deal about the fact that Jesus set you free in your heart, but, you, but, but relate, you know, circumstantially, you're still a slave. Serve your master as if you're serving unto the Lord. And, and pray to God and, and believe if you get an opportunity to get set free from your slavery, get, set, get free, set free from your slavery. But don't make the condition of your slavery an issue before, between you and God or you and your master. Just keep on serving the way that you are. And he says, if you happen to be free, not a slave, when you, when you come to Jesus, then stay free and don't go into slavery. But he says, whatever condition you are, when you come to Jesus and you accept Jesus... Remain in that condition and keep on living your life and let God set you free on the inside. Don't worry about your circumstantial circumstances. There's slavery talked about even in the New Testament. Okay, So let's just kind of get over the, the, the speed bump of the whole idea of slavery being necessarily just a horrible thing. But here's how, here's how bond slaves worked. There was a, this, let's say, uh, for instance, I had a situation where I had owed someone uh, uh, just an unpayable debt. And so, therefore, I became this, this wealthy man's slave, and I worked it off. And I just kept working and kept working. But there came a point that after seven years, living in this man's household, serving him, uh, you know, uh, taking, care of, taking care of things for him, after seven years of working as a slave for this man, I actually paid off the debt. And the debt was paid. And the master would say to me, I have to be honest about this. It's been great having you as a slave. But the debt's paid. You're free to go. But what would have happened if in the course of seven years of living in this man's household and on his lands and among his, you know, his ownings and his property that uh, I had fallen in love and got married to one of the other slaves? And we had children. And I started to have a family, even though I was a slave. I had a family, and I was part of a slave family. Or what if, what if it just so happened that, that having I worked for this man, I had, I had actually discovered that I loved working for this guy. That it became my identity. And it wasn't, wasn't a horrible thing. He was a great guy to work for, and, and I wanted to continue to do it. In those instances, and this has happened all the time, if a person was actually technically free from being a slave any further. But they chose, you know what? I, and the Bible says it this way, I love my master. I don't want to be set free. Then the person could make this choice and say, you know what? Technically, I'm free to walk, but I choose to be a bond slave. I'm, gonna, I'm putting it on myself. I'm going to continue to serve you for the rest of my life. And I, 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 I do it on my own volition, on my own accord, I make the choice. I'm, I'm going to take the gig and I'm going to work the job. And I'm, going to be a, I'm going to be a slave to you, Master. It happened all the time. And in fact, there was a ceremony where a bond slave would come and they would pierce the person's ear and he put an earring in his ear and the, and the symbol of the earring for this person was that this person wasn't just a, a slave with like shackles on his hands and feet where he had to be a slave. He was a slave because he wanted to be. He was a servant that he wanted to be. Do you know that the Bible teaches us that Jesus set us free, but we choose to be Jesus' slaves. 
we choose to be bond slaves. We're not slaves to God because he's forcing to be slaves. But I choose to spend the rest of my life serving him, serving his kingdom, serving his purposes, serving his people. I have fallen in love with my master. And even though I could just walk away, I don't want to. I want to serve him. And you'll look, if you look at the beginning of many of the New Testament letters, and, and the, the men, the apostles, as they're writing the letters, as they identify themselves, they call themselves bond slaves of Christ. And it's become, it actually became these men who were apostles, anointed, sent out by Jesus to go, to go uh, bring his gospel throughout the world. Jesus said to them in John, I, I no longer call you slaves, I call you my friends. But they chose to say, even though Jesus decided to call me his friend, I choose to call him my master. And this is, this is a biblically accurate attitude that we should all have. And this attitude is, he is my master, and I choose to serve him for the rest of my life. I could maybe go do a whole lot of things, but I don't want to do anything else but to serve my Lord. And that, that's the idea of being a bond slave. Look what it says here, 1 Peter 2.16. Act as free men. And do not use your freedom as a covering for evil, but use it as bond slaves of God. He's saying you're free. You're free in Jesus. He sets you free. It's for freedom that he sets you free. But don't, don't use your freedom to go just go live a life that is perverted and, and twisted and, and self-serving and, and not, not, not pleasing to him. Use your freedom to live a life in total surrender to the purposes of your master. Choose to be a bond slave. Not a slave that has been forced to be a slave, a slave that's choosing to be a slave. That's, what it's, that's exactly what that principle is. Galatians 5.13 says this, You were called to freedom, brethren. Only do not turn your freedom into an opportunity for the flesh. But through love, serve one another. And this is the, this is the real manifestation of our, of our bond slave attitude, of our, of our servanthood of Christ. We serve one another. We serve the body of Christ. We, we love one another and we serve one another and we serve his kingdom by giving our lives in, in humility and service to one another. It's, it's one, of the, one of the five purposes of the church, isn't it? To worship him, to stay in fellowship with him, to grow in Jesus, and to serve. It's our ministry, ministry and service. It's the same idea. And we are, we are in ministry. We are all ministers of the gospel and we are Bond slaves of Christ. This is, this is, this is a biblical terminology and, and an attitude that we have. We're free. I'm free. I can do anything I want. But in my freedom, I choose to serve you. In my freedom, I choose to serve you. Isn't that beautiful? Okay, let's fill in the next outline. This is our last outline for tonight. Choosing to serve and live according to the rule of liberty brings Blessings. Let's say that one more time. Choosing to serve and live according to the rule of liberty brings blessings. What's the rule of liberty? The fact is, is that God does have precepts. He does have ways. He does have manners. He does have commandments. He is the king. He does speak authoritatively from his throne. And whenever he, whenever he says, this is how I want you to be, he says, this is my command. And we choose to obey his command. And those commands are his rules, are his law. Okay? They're, they're the way that he governs our lives. And so we are, we are under the law of his spirit, but it's a law of liberty. We actually have this 
this terminology that we use, we call it free will, we actually have a choice to obey Him or not. It's not like if you go and you just disobey God and you sin and you blow it, that He says, all right, you're done. He eliminates you. Right? No, you're free, you're free, to, you're free to live your life any way you, you plan to. But we choose, according to the law of who He is, under a law of liberty, to serve Him and to live according to His ways. And when I make that choice, there becomes a release of blessing. It's the most blessed way to live, is to live according to the Word of God, live according to the ways of God, live according to the commandments of God. Isn't that what Jesus said? If you keep on living according to what I've commanded you, then you'll know the truth, and the truth will make you free. So it's a choice we make, but it releases a blessing, an incredible blessing. Look what the scriptures say. James one twenty two through 25 says this. But prove yourselves doers of the word, not merely hearers who dilute themselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's like a man who looks at his natural face in a mirror. For once he's looked at himself and gone away, he has immediately forgotten what kind of person he was. But one who looks intently at the perfect law, the law of liberty, and abides by it, not having become an forgetful hearer, but an effectual doer, this man will be blessed in what he does. What What the Word of God is talking about here, be a doer of... The Word. The Word of God. And he says, don't, don't just come to church and listen to the sermon and say, oh boy, that was, that was really good. Boy, they did a good job of preaching this week. That, you know, boy, that just really made me feel good. I went to church and, and you know, Pastor Rick taught a really good, good preach. Or I went on Thursday night and you know, Jeff, boy, he just did a really great bang up job. And then you go out and you don't ever do anything that we talked about in the Word. It doesn't, it doesn't actually become the way that you conduct your life. The Bible calls that a hearer, but not a doer. And he says, when you look into the Word of God, when you read the Word of God, when you read the Word of Jesus, when you read the words that are inspired by the Holy Spirit, get this, you are looking in the mirror. The Bible is your mirror. Say that with me. The Bible is my mirror. How is that possible? Because here's how it works. These words, documented, written, printed, put in a book for you, these are the words of God, inspired by the Holy Spirit of God. This is God speaking, the Spirit of God speaking. Okay? But where does God live? Where does His Spirit live? Huh? In our hearts. In here. So if I'm the temple of the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit lives in here, and the Holy Spirit is on here, when I'm looking at this, I'm actually looking at what's inside of here. This actually is reflecting back to me the very Spirit that's in here. And sometimes I don't even really understand what God is doing inside of me. I don't even understand what the Spirit of God is inside of me. But when I read this, it's like looking in the mirror. Oh, now I see what I look like. Now I can put on my lipstick straight. I can comb my hair and it looks all right. I'm looking in the mirror and I can actually see what I'm supposed to be, what, what, what's going on inside of me. 
But if I look at this and I can see, oh man, this is, this is what God is doing inside of me, and then I walk away and I forget about it, it's like somebody looking in the mirror and, not, and just not even paying attention to anything that they just saw. They didn't even respond to it at all. He's saying, listen, look to it, hear it, and become it. It's the perfect law. It's a law that sets you free. It's the law of liberty. And if you do what's said here that's going on in here, if you actually live it, you'll be blessed in everything that you do. You'll have the presence of God, and the presence of God is blessing. He's not talking about cash falling out of your pocket. He's talking about having the power of the presence of the source of everything. Everything comes from God. I'd rather have the source of money than just money. Wouldn't you? I'd rather have the ability to create wealth than just have, have a, a pocket of change. I'd rather have the ability to, to move in the power and the anointing and the freedom of healing and forgiveness and kindness and grace than just have to wait for somebody to give me a little bit of it. I'd rather have it in me and coming out of me than me waiting for somebody to give it to me. Wouldn't you? Wouldn't you? And that's the truth of the matter is the very Spirit of God that anointed Jesus to set the captives free is the same Spirit that's within you that sets you free and can help others be set free. And we've got to realize what we've got going on. We are blessed. You may not have two pennies to rub together, but you are the most blessed people who have ever walked this planet because you have the Spirit of God. You are set free because the Spirit is the Lord and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. What else does it say here? This is good stuff. James 2.12 So speak and act as those who are, are to be judged by the law of liberty. The law of liberty says, what, what, what is, what is the, the first and foremost commands of God? Jesus says, you can sum up all of the law and all of the prophets. You can sum up everything that God has ever said in two, two sentences. What were the two sentences? Love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your mind, with all your strength. And love your neighbor as yourself. And if you're doing those two things, Jesus says, you're doing it all. If you're loving God with everything that's in you, and you're loving the people around you with that same intensity, you're fulfilling the law of liberty. And live your life as if that's the, that's the rule of your life. Live, the, live your entire life as if that's the standard. Live your entire life that at the end of this journey in this, in this body, and you stand before God, and He says, how'd you do? You say, well, Lord... I made a lot of mistakes and I didn't, I, didn't, uh, I didn't do a lot of things right. But I tell you one thing, I sure loved you and I loved other people. And he says, that's the standard. That's what I'm going to judge you on. That's what I'm looking for. And we should live our lives according to the law of liberty. Does that make sense now? Romans 8.28. Now here's an incredible statement. That the creation itself also will be set free from its slavery to corruption into the freedom of the glory of the children of God. This is passages of Scripture saying this. That this entire planet, global warming, and natural disasters, and things being broken. We live in a broken system, broken planet. The Bible clearly teaches us the reason why the planet is broken is because those that he put in charge of it walked away from him. He gave Adam rule over the planet. Adam disobeyed. The planet got thrust into this slavery of what's called corruption. 
the planet is under sin and death. And the only thing that's going to set this planet free from sin and death is for the people of God, the sons of God, to be set free from sin and death. And when we're set free, he says, the planet gets set free. This whole earth, the whole system, and everybody that lives in it are, are waiting for the sons of God to stand up in their freedom. And when we're set free, then every, everything gets set free. Because it's all subject to the way, the order that God had designed it. In the beginning, he created it. He put it under the authority of those who he created in his image. And when we blow it, and when we live in slavery, then everything stays in slavery. But when we walk in the freedom of the Spirit of God as sons of God, then everything gets put back into order. Isn't that an amazing thing? There's an incredible responsibility. That's what I mean. With liberty comes responsibility. And we should live our lives completely free under Jesus, but live our lives as bond slaves to serve and to love according to the perfect law of liberty. And when we do, we're blessed. The people around us are blessed. In fact, the entire system gets, gets affected by the light and the life and the freedom of the sons of God, the children of God the men and women who are the anointed ones who have come to set the captives free. So this is the last part of this, this study of the new life in Jesus. He causes us to be reborn. He renews our mind. He's given us a new covenant. He's given us a place to live with Him in heaven. He's given us a new name. But he wants us to walk in freedom. But not just freedom for ourselves. Freedom so that we can set other people free. Is that good? Let me pray for you. Lord Jesus, I thank you for this, this word that's been revealed to us. That is, it's not hidden. It's not a mystery. It's, it's plain. It's, it's right here for us to read it. Lord, we don't want to just read it. We don't want to just hear it. We want to become it. We want to live it. We want to do it. We want to do what you said. Abide in the word that you have given us so that we will know the truth and that that's truth of who you are will make us free. And Lord, I pray for every brother and sister in this room tonight that have heard this word. I pray for us as we've come to and looked in the mirror tonight and, and been reminded of you who lives inside of us, who set us free for freedom's sake. Lord Jesus, I ask right now, by the power of your Spirit, if there is anything, anything that is holding any one of us in any kind of bondage, an addiction, a mindset, a depression, an idea that we're less than, that we don't have, that somehow we're not. Lord, that you would remind us that in you we are, we have. You're the source and the supply. And that nothing can hold us back. And nothing can keep us in bondage as long as we keep seeking you. And those things in those areas of our lives that have become habits and hang-ups and hurtful parts of our lives, Lord, we keep looking to you by your Spirit. And Lord, chain by chain, shackle by shackle, prison by prison, you set us free. And Lord, I just pray that we would be people who walk, who live, who serve in the perfect law, the law of liberty. That, Lord, we not only would be free ourselves, that we, but that we would live lives that would bring about freedom for the people who you bring us in contact with so that we too may have that anointing that was upon you to set the prisoners free. That we would be truly revealing the glory 
of the children of God. And it's in your name we ask this. Amen. Amen. Okay, I have, uh, uh, instead, of, instead of questions for you tonight, I want you to uh, take some time and talk about the benefits of liberty in Jesus. And, and here's the four things I want you to take some time and talk about. I want you to talk about what does it mean to have freedom of spirit? What does it mean to be free because of the Holy Spirit within you? And, and so what does it mean to be free to worship Him? Free to be able to share the fact that, uh, that you've become a Christian. Free to be, f- to be real. It, it, that's freedom of spirit. You're not, you're not bound in the spirit anymore. You, you, the Holy Spirit has caused us to be free. What, what is that like? What is, what's the benefit of being able to worship God and have the freedom to worship God, to, to, share, his, to share His good news? Talk about the freedom not to sin. And what is that like? Or the free to be, or free to be freed from guilt of sin. What is that like in Jesus to, uh, to actually have the ability to not have to do anything that your flesh demands of you? That you can actually say no to your flesh and be free not to live in bondage of sin. Free from guilt. That's what when we, when we talk about being re, in recovery. That's, this, that's what this is about. I want you to talk about what it, what it is to be free to be humble enough to serve other people. To have compassion. To, uh, to, to minister to other people. What's it like, the freedom to be able to do that? And the last one, freedom to bring blessings of liberty to others. What's it like to be able to be so free that you can actually love other people and you actually can bring the life of Jesus that's in you to others? I want you to just, just uh, talk about that with each other, share maybe some things you're struggling with or some things that you're, that you're celebrating that God has done in you and that He's doing in you or that you want Him to do in you and then pray for each other. And uh, just, just take the next several minutes and uh, let's fellowship at the tables. That's why we, we have this time. So uh, uh, open your hearts to one another and uh, receive the blessings of uh, becoming the Word of God. Okay?